it great to be able to be here tonight and sing these songs of encouragement to one another and to sing these songs of praise and adoration to our God as we worship Him together. If you're visiting with us, we want you to know that you are welcome. We're thankful for your presence and we invite you back every opportunity that you have. Hope that you'll stay around afterwards and give us an opportunity to meet you. You've been a, a blessing to us by being here and we hope that you've been blessed uh, by being here and, and participating in this worship service to God. As Philip said, we're going to look at the idea of grace. We just sang a song about grace, and our invitation song is going to be Amazing Grace. And so I'd like to us to look for just a few minutes on the idea of grace. What is grace? Well, I think if we were trying to define grace, several have tried to define it different ways. Some have said it's unmerited favor. Others have defined it in, in this way. It's getting something that we don't deserve. I think an easy way for us to look at grace is if we just substitute the word grace for gift. Because that's what grace is. Grace is a gift. You know, we use that, this word or a variation of this word in a lot of our everyday conversation. You may, uh, someone may approach you that's going to speak to you and you may be a little concerned about what they're going to say. Maybe you're uh, in line for a tongue lashing or, or a little rebuke. And this person comes up and has a kind word to say or a word of encouragement to you. We'll say, well, that person was very gracious with their comments. And it's the idea that they gave us a gift. They gave us something that, that, that they didn't have to give us. But it was something that encouraged us. Several times, many times in this very auditorium, needs have been expressed for situations here locally or even disasters throughout the world. And every time you have responded with, with many times more than what is, is needed. And the comments have been made about how gracious you are in your giving. Again, it's the idea of a, of a tremendous gift being given. Before a meal, we'll say a prayer to bless the food and thank God for the food. And that's, we call that sometimes grace, saying grace. And when you think of that, I think we can look at it in two ways. One way we're looking at it is we're approaching God, thanking God for all the gifts that He's given us, including the meal that's before us. And so in that way, we're, we're saying grace over the gifts that God has given us. But in another way, we're offering grace to God. We're offering a gift to Him. From a humble heart, we're offering a prayer of thanksgiving to Him and acknowledging Him as the one who has supplied us with these gifts. So those are just some ways that we use grace in our everyday uh, uh, conversations. But where did this idea of grace come from? I believe we can see that grace is a characteristic of God. From the very beginning of time, we can go back and see in the garden, God created man, and along with creating man, he created everything that man needed. He gave man every gift that he needed to thrive and be happy in his new home, the garden. We look in Genesis chapter 2 and we see that God gave him a garden with every tree that was pleasing to the eye, it says. So it was a nice place to live, aesthetically pleasing place to live, and every tree that was for, good for food. He gave him fresh rivers of water running through this garden. He gave him the gift of work in tending the garden and naming the animals. He gave him the gift of a companion in creating woman. So we see that God from the very beginning of time 
showed himself to be a gracious God. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that God's grace continues through the pages of the Old Testament. David understood God's grace. If you have your Bibles, look at Psalms verse, uh, chapter 86. Psalms 86, verses 12 through 15. This is a time when David was being pursued. Things weren't always good with David uh, in, in his situation. But he always remembered the graciousness of God. Psalms 86, beginning in verse 12. David says, I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forevermore. For great is your mercy toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, the proud have risen against me, and a mob of violent men have sought my life, and I have not, and have not set you before them. But you, look at verse 15, but you, O God, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. David recognized God as a God of grace a God of goodness, a God that bestows His blessings, His gifts on, on mankind. We can see that today. We can see God's goodness in our lives today. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Have you ever thought that every good gift in your life is from God? Every good gift that you have in life is God showing His grace, His goodness to you. Jesus, in trying to teach us to be like God, talks about God's grace, gracious nature. Look in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, verse 44 and 45. Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And we say, Jesus, why would I do that? Why would I be good to somebody who's got nothing but evil intentions for me? Why would I bless somebody when all they can do is curse me? He tells us in the next verse. That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. So you can be like God. Well, how's God? He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. You see, God is a gracious God. And He wants us to have that same character to be a gracious people. Over in Acts chapter 14, we have the story of Paul and Barnabas as they're in Lystra. And as they're in Lystra, they heal a, a crippled man. Well, as the people see them heal this crippled man in Acts 14... They perceive or think that, that Paul and Barnabas are gods. And so they go to worship Paul and Barnabas. They're going to offer sacrifices to them. Well, when they hear this, they rent their clothes. And look what Paul says to them in Acts chapter 14. Look at verse 15 through 17. He said, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you. And preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God, who made the heaven, the earth, the seas, and all the things that are therein, who in bygone generations allowed nations to walk after their own ways. Look what Paul's telling them. He says, look, we're just like you, but we're bringing a message to you about this one true God. And the message is to turn away from these false gods that you're worshiping, these idols that you're worshiping, and turn to the one true God. In times past, you haven't done that. 
But look at the next verse. Nevertheless, talking about God, he did not leave himself without a witness. He's talking about these times when these nations were following after these other gods. He says, you were following after these other gods, but God was still there. God was still being witnessed to you. Well, how was he being witnessed? In that he did good. He gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. You see, God is a grace, a God of grace. He bestows his goodness upon us, even at times when we don't deserve it. But God is a God of grace. You may say, well, I understand that God's a God of grace, but let me tell you, life is hard. I go through trials. Some of them I bring on myself, I understand. I go through trials that I don't bring on myself. They just happen. I go through temptations and life is hard. How do I see God's goodness? How do I see God's grace? How do I see God's gift for me when life is so hard? Look over at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. It says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, listen, here's the gift. Here's the grace that God has. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can men do to me? You see, when we go through trials, God's gift to us in that trial is that he's right there with us. He's right there walking through the hard times with us. He tells us, I will not leave you or forsake you. You say, but man, I've got temptations. I've got temptations every day. Look over, if you will, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, God gives us two gifts that he gives us in time of temptation. He offers his grace to us in two ways. Verse 13 of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Now remember, a temptation, according to James, is something that that we, we see and we're drawn to it because of our lust. And when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, James says. When sin is is full grown, it brings forth death. But in that temptation, in those times when we are tempted, look what God does for us. He said, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. There's one of God's gifts for us. When we're in the middle of a temptation, God's not going to allow us to be tempted more than what we're able But he says the second one here too. But will with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, while we're going through the temptation, while we're struggling with that, God is opening a door for us. He's opening an escape route for us. And all we have to do is look for that way of escape because his promise, his gift to us, his grace toward us is that in that temptation, he will allow us, give us a way of escape. Look over at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, talking about Christ as our mediator. It says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, 
but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now think of that. There's no temptation that you're going to go through that Jesus can't empathize with. Because he was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. And look what this does for us. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now think of that. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, the throne room of God. He calls it the throne of grace. It's the place where all his gifts are freely given out, freely distributed. All the grace of God is freely given to us. And he says we have access to that because of Christ being our mediator. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. And look what he says, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We can go to God's throne room of grace and we can ask for God's mercy and we can ask for God's grace, the gifts that we need at that time to help with the temptation we're dealing with. You see, God is a very gracious God. But the best gift, the greatest gift, the greatest act of grace that God has given us even though he's with us each day, even though he's shown himself to be a God of grace from, from the beginning, the greatest gift he's given us, of course, is through his son, Jesus Christ. It's through that that we have the salvation that we need. You know, when at the beginning I said God has shown himself from the beginning of time to be a, a, a God of grace. That's not 100% accurate. Because really, Scripture tells us even before time, before creation, before God created even the heavens, God knew that we were going to need a Savior. Look at 1 Peter 1, verse 18 through 20. It says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions of your fathers, but we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse 20, look at this. This is the gift. This is how long this gift has been in the planning. He indeed was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was made manifest to you in these last times. God has been preparing this gift of redemption way back even before time began. Now, how awesome is that? God's grace is so awesome, so comprehensive, that even before we had the need, He was there with a plan to have the gift that we needed when the time came. And we see through the, through the, the writing of, of Scripture, this plan coming into fruition. We see the creation that God made. We see the sin that separated man from God. We see the preparation that he makes of his people for a coming Savior, the coming Messiah. We see the incarnation of Jesus Christ as uh, God's Son. We see the perfect life that he lived. We see the sacrifice that he made by offering himself on the cross for our sins. We see him raise up from the grave, conquering even death. We see the plan of salvation that he offers us whereby we can access this gift. And then in this word we see the promise of that home that he has prepared for each one of us. 
where we'll spend an eternity with our gracious God. God's gift of salvation, His grace of salvation, has been in the workings since the before time. And it's offered to each one of us here tonight. That's what God's grace is. And Scripture tells us that we can access that grace. We can, we can have that gift if we'll but obey the gospel of Christ. If we'll come believing that He is the Son of God, being willing to repent of our sins, turn away from the wrong that we're doing, and turning to God, making Him the Lord of our life, being willing to confess Him before men as the Son of God, and then being buried with Him in baptism, because it's there that our sins are washed away. It's there that God puts us into Christ, and it's there in Christ that we have access to every spiritual blessing, every spiritual grace that God has in store for us. If you haven't done that, why wait? Why not take hold of the best gift that you could ever have in your life? If you have done that, and yet you've fallen away, you've allowed sin to come in and, and, and you've turned away from God, why not come back tonight? Why not make your life right so that we can together share in the greatest gift that we'll ever know? If we can help you in any way, please come as we stand and as we sing.